Hi there, I'm John McCarthy and welcome to Discussion Tuesday. Each week, two question Tuesday answers randomly picked questions submitted by our clients. Answering this week's questions, we have with us Bill D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focus Wealth Management, and Mike Zanni, Director of Financial Planning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. All right, Mike, our first question is from Brian in New York. What's the best way to talk to your parents about estate planning? So this can be a really tricky, tricky topic, and we get questions about this all the time because generationally people have a hard time sort of opening up and letting go of certain things when it comes to a lot of their finances and everything that's going on throughout their personal lives so one thing that i always try to encourage with people is something we do a lot of intergenerational planning amongst kids and their parents and parents and grandparents talking about the best way to uh protect assets from like Medicaid asset protection. And obviously we're not the ones who are drawing up the trusts, but we understand a lot of these strategies to be able to advise people and link them up with various attorneys that can actually help throughout this process. The best thing to do is to do it in a way that is not, uh, not, not, uh, interrogating or really forthcoming because you want to make sure that everybody in the family is actually on exactly the same page. Ultimately at the end of the day, if you can do this in a really efficient manner with a lot of transparency, then it turns into a situation where you can save a lot of money and protect a lot of assets, both from asset protection plus uh, tax efficiency with passing the correct assets down intergenerationally. We've talked previously about using 529 plans as intergenerational estate planning, uh, at passing assets back and forth, and all the changes that have gone on with um, beneficiary IRAs. So. There's a lot of transparency that needs to be taken into account, but the best way to do this is opening up this conversation in a way that is uh, just trying to understand a little bit more about those assets, how they're protected. And the better that you can do in terms of making it seem like you're not coming at this in like an interrogation uh, type of tactic and everybody's transparent and on the same page, the better it's going to be long term. So it can be a really tricky subject. If anybody has any questions about that, um, it can sometimes be a personal conversation. But don't hesitate to reach out to our office and ask because we do have a lot of experience when it comes to that. Thank you, Mike. Bill, our next question is from Seth in New York. Do you think the underperformance in emerging markets will continue? Yeah, that's, you know, Looking year to date now, uh, for the first half, the U.S. Uh, equity markets have received $900 billion of inflows. So globally, investors are, are buying the U.S. Um, when you look at the S&P 500 year to date, up about 17% as of today. Uh, and you look at the emerging markets, you know, only up about 6%. If you look at China, only up about 2%. And Japan, flat on the year. Uh, you see that investors globally are really going towards the U.S. Why? Uh, I would think because of our high rates of, of vaccination, uh, that our economy is poised to reopen, you know, and is reopened uh, quicker than everybody else globally. Uh, when you see the spread of the Delta variants, uh, specifically in the emerging markets and overseas, uh, you know, problems again in Vietnam, problems again in Indonesia, obviously India, Brazil. Um, so I think that the 
high levels of vaccination rates in the U.S. make our economy, you know, able to continue and function and grow. Uh, you know, maybe GDP comes down from the nine and a half percent forecasted to like eight and a half percent. Goldman Sachs had a report on about that this morning. Um, but I, you know, right now, uh, again, uh, just like after 09, the U.S. is the cleanest, dirtiest shirt in the pile. Uh, and, you know, we're going to have real growth on the back end. Um, now, are the markets in the U.S. a little bit overbought, over anticipating everything going perfectly? Uh, yeah, I think uh, the mood out here is bullish. But when you look at the alternatives, right, uh, you're back to there is no alternatives uh, to equities. Uh, so if you need yield in the world, if you need income in the world, uh, U.S. equities uh, definitely look like the spot to be. Emerging markets, while they're cheap, um, I'm a little bit less favorable on. Uh, Europe actually looks uh, more attractive if you're looking for dividends uh, and, and value in the world uh, than either of the three. Um, but that's going to take some time to reopen as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not uh, that big on the emerging markets here. I think there are some headwinds, um, specifically with the COVID uh, Delta variant that, that's out there and affecting those economies. It's going to take some time. U.S. is investable. Like I said, Europe is probably more of a value than, than all three. So, All right, great. Well, thank you both for answering this week's two questions. If you have a question you'd like to submit, email us at jmccarthy at focuswealthmgmt.com. Stay safe, and we will see you next week. Have a good day, Julie.